2 Timothy 2, 19 through 22, we'll be reading from there this morning. You can turn that heater off now, right here, amen. Praise God. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And uh, we're going to be reading from there. 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted. You probably remember that if you're my age or older, amen. Uh, Seeing it on TV, amen. I remember I was a little kid uh, seeing that happen, amen. It was probably bunch of TV movies after that, right? If you grew up on TV. Uh, and uh, what the interesting thing about that is that a lot of the scientists, um, they already knew something was going to happen. They had been seeing things taking place. Um, and they were warning the people of that that lived on that mountain. Remember, I don't know if you know, but if you've ever been to mountains, people live on mountains. Amen. You go to California, amen, and Yosemite Mountain, amen, you drive up there, you'll see houses up there, you'll see lakes up there in the mountains, and and many mountains people live on, amen. Not only in the mountains, but even in the lower valley areas, they were warning people, amen, uh, to flee, amen, because the signs weren't looking good. But an 83-year-old man by the name of Harry Randall Truman, he was the owner of Mount St. Helens Lodge at Spirit Lake. He refused to leave. He had survived uh, the sinking of his troop ship in a German submarine off the coast of Ireland during World War I. He was not about to leave just because scientists thought there was danger. Truman told reporters, I don't have any idea whether it'll blow, but I don't believe it to the point that I'm going to pack up uh, and leave. Well, on May 18, 1980, Truman and his lodge were buried beneath 150 feet of mud and debris from volcanic eruption. His body was never found. He escaped the submarine, but you can't escape 150 feet of mud, amen. And as I was reading that illustration, reading that story, thinking about what I want to preach on, and I've been thinking about this for weeks, um, too many of God's people, people in general, and I want you to really listen and pay attention to the sermon, amen, think like this when it comes to lust, amen. When it comes to the arena of lust, many people think, just like Mr. Truman, I can stand here and fight. That's nothing's going to happen. Uh, nothing, I can handle it. It's foolish on our part to recognize danger and recognize temptation to somehow think that we are exempt from the consequences just because we are Christians, amen. Just because we go to the door Christian fellowship, just because my mom and dad are saved, amen. Just because my wife is a Christian, amen. See, if we stick around and try to fight lust, we will 
I want to preach a sermon called, Don't Stand There, Flee. Don't Stand There, Flee. Out of 2 Timothy 2, 19, says this, But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful lusts or flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the lord from a pure heart let's pray father i pray help me preach your uh, word this morning god uh, that this word would make impact people who are standing around messing with lust temptations of this world god i pray they flee after this sermon god in jesus precious name amen don't stand there flee i want to first look at lust amen our uh dr jerry Koo says this flee he quotes this flee youthful lust it is an imperative that means it's important it's a command it's not a choice okay the force of the commandment is this flee and keep on fleeing youthful lusts. Run and don't look back. And for the and for the rest of your life, keep on running away from youthful lust. Amen. He's saying that this is not something you stop doing. Amen. This is not something that comes to a halt. This is not something that you get the victory over. You never have to battle this again. When we look at this word, when he says youthful. He is talking about the past, amen. He's talking about a past time, a, a past uh, actions, uh, and the way we used to think when we were young and uh, 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 before, amen, we got saved, uh, before we became in, independent, amen, into the world, amen. Um, a moment of life of ignorance, a moment in life where there was a lack of true understanding, amen. I know every teenager says, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Until they hit 25, they say, I didn't know, no, nothing, amen. And now I'm really learning my lesson. And, uh, and so this is a time, youthfulness. When you're not concerned with the future, you're not concerned about tomorrow, you're not concerned about decisions and choices that you're making right now. I'm just going to do this now and I'll pay the price later uh, and you're not thinking about the bigger picture it's the absence of security it's the idea of getting away from youthful troubles uh, consequences don't seem as heavy when you're youth right paul is telling timothy flee from that way of thinking amen Flee from that understanding. Flee from that position. Amen. Matter of fact, Timothy, get away from that person. Amen. And it's not talking about a person. It's talking about us. Amen. 
you, Timothy. Get away from that person in your life. Amen. Why does he use the word flee? Because lust is here to stay. Amen. Temptation is here to stay. Amen. Perversion is here to stay. Amen. Uh, All these things and trappings are here to stay. It isn't going away. Everyone is subject to its urges and desires, men and women, amen. This is not just a man sermon, amen. This is a man and woman sermon, amen. So everyone needs to listen. And also, it's not just for teenagers. Some of you heard youth walls for teenagers, amen. No, no, no. It's for adults, amen, and the uh, young, amen. But pastor, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. I've been born again. I'm renewed in the spirit. Amen. Praise God for that. But it doesn't make you immune to the danger and the pull of lust of the flesh. When we were saved, we were born of the spirit of God. Amen. Okay, that's what happened. I'm just going to explain to you what happens when you get saved. When you get saved, you give your life to Jesus. He saves you from your sin, forgives you of your sin. You're born in a new spirit. Amen. Spirit of God. Our spirit was regenerated. It was made anew. But our body did not get saved. Amen. That's why when you got saved, you didn't automatically lose that 15 pounds you've been trying to lose when you were a sinner. Amen. It's like, whoa, Bree, what happened? I thought I was going to leave every weight behind. I thought the scripture said that. Amen. <laughs> Not physically. Amen. That would be awesome. Right. Right. Uh, but, you know, it did, your, our flesh didn't get saved. Amen. Our body didn't get saved. Our body remains the sinful ball of flesh. It always has been. Amen. The the flesh has desires. The flesh has wants and needs, amen. The flesh didn't want to get up and come to church this morning. Amen, somebody. Didn't want to get up. Didn't want to wake up. Didn't want, that's the flesh. It fights against us. But there are many verses in the New Testament that demonstrate this. Romans 7, 17. So now it's no longer I who do it sin that dwells within me for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out and so here's Paul writing to the Romans he says look uh, even me he goes I'm preaching to you guys. I'm telling you how to live. There's moments where my flesh wants to get the best of me, where I know inside I need to do this. I need to act this way. I need to go down this road. But my flesh is warring against me from going that direction. Amen. Lust isn't just about the desire for another person. Okay, I want you to understand that. It's not just, lust. you hear the word lust and, uh, you know, look at that, you know, it's lusting after that person, amen. Lust goes far beyond that, amen. It's not just about a person. You can lust after money, right? You can, ha- you can lust after power. You can lust after a botana. That means food. You can lust after food, amen. Now, be careful. You're not drooling at lunch today. Oh, man, I was waiting for to say, what? That's lust, amen. 
You can lust after these things, amen. You can lust after relationships, amen. It's an unhealthy desire to have something that is not yours or you shouldn't have, amen. Be careful what you feed yourselves. We have to be careful what we feed ourselves, what we consume on a daily basis, amen, uh, that drives the passions of our flesh, amen. Uh, years ago, I remember they used to preach uh, uh, to the ladies about sitting home and watching soap operas all day, amen. I don't even know some of you kids, what's a soap opera? Amen. <laughs> all my children, amen. Telenovelas, amen. Where, you know, one girl, you know, she's been on the show for 50 years and she's had 59 husbands. I don't know how that happens, but it happens, right? And so you see this and they would say, hey, watch out that you're not consuming this all day long because you're feeding yourself. Listen, in the day of the phone, in the day of internet and social media, amen, bombardment, with feeding ourselves these things. Um, And if you you don't think that's not driving your passions, um, directing your lusts, um, amen, you are fooled, amen, this morning. Here's a note. Watch what your children are consuming. Parents, uh, you have to guard what your children watch and what they consumed uh, i was just reading this morning it's interesting as as christians uh, we'll give our children's ipads we'll get them let them look to the internet and this morning i read an article that pink uh, which is she's a a music entertainer she has a 12 year old um, and she told she says she told her daughter you know what until you can show me that there's a purpose for you to have social media and it's going to benefit your life then you can have it Here's someone who's not saved, who's in the world, but understands the wickedness of the world. And yet, as Christians, uh, we so freely just give it to our children. Uh, They walk around uh, full access, amen, on their phone, uh, on their iPad. Let me give you uh, some uh, fear, amen. Common Sense Media surveyed found the average age that most kids were exposed to Uh, Hardcore porn is 12 years old. 15% first saw porn when they were 10 years old or younger. And you wonder why you have a generation that's confused about their sexuality. Confused about who they are, amen. More than half reported seeing adult content accidentally listen up amen while clicking on links they didn't realize would lead to porn and about 41 percent reported seeing online porn during the school day amen no they're at school i'm not worried about them you you should be doubly worried about them at school amen They said this, the problem is people are blaming porn, but it's really the parents to blame. That's the article, amen. It's the parents. It's not my fault. It's not. They've been on iPad since they were two. You try taking it away from them, they throw a tantrum. Is that not called addiction? Try to take a 
crack pipe from a drug addict, what do they, they do? They have they throw a tantrum. They fight you. They lie to you. They steal. They'll do whatever. Listen, it's the same thing. The article goes on to say this is the worst epidemic. This is worse than the drug epidemic. That's what the article said. Now, this isn't a sermon about children and porn, but I had to throw that in there, amen. They don't think, oh, don't be careful that you ever say the, these words ever come out of your mouth. Oh, no, not my child. Famous last words, amen, for parents, amen. Then you regret ever saying that statement, amen. Not my child, amen. Jason Brown said this, not James Brown, Jason Brown. <laughs> he says, I've learned that if you give a pig and a boy everything they want, you'll get a good pig and a bad boy. It's so true. You'll get a good pig, but you'll get a bad boy, amen. You give them anything they want, everything they want, and you know, when they become teenagers, they wonder, I can't handle them, why? Because you gave them everything. Lust. What does that have to do with it? That's called lust. Yes, kids, lust after things, amen. I said it's not just looking at a person. It's, it's objects, it's things that they desire, amen. We have to keep that at bay. So let's move on and talk about how lust has a spirit. Paul tells Timothy to pursue something else. He's saying to Timothy, pursue this. What does that mean? That instead of pursuing that, right? Now, I'm, he says, I want you to change directions. You're, I want you to pursue righteousness. I want you to pursue these things and flee from this. See, we pursue it. Why do we pursue lust? Amen. Why do people go after lust and give into it? You know why? Because it bears fruit and the fruit looks good. Amen. Let's just be honest, right? When you lust after something, it's because we see how it's bearing fruit. And that fruit, man, looks good, right? Man, that looks good. That looks, that looks great. You look at your fruit, you're like, man, this thing looks ugly. You look at that fruit, you're like. The problem is the fruit it bears doesn't last. The fruit that lust bears doesn't last. It looks good on the outside, but it's rotten to the core, amen. You ever bite a, you ever bite a peach that looks good on the outside, and you bite it's all nasty and slimy on the inside, all soft. You know what I'm talking about, right? Throw it, throw it as far as you can. <laughs> that's that's what that's what that is, amen. It only satisfies for a moment. That's why the Bible says the pleasure for sin is only for a season. It's only for a season. It's not forever. I'm having fun this week at Padre Island. Hopefully none of y'all go this week, amen. Hope it's freezing and raining all week long, amen. <laughs> but a lot of young people be out there and some old perverts, amen, will be out there, amen, uh, checking out chicks, amen, half naked. But there'll be young people out there having fun. Woo, this is fun, amen. And as I was talking to Brother Demas, uh, he says, it was that week uh, that I went out there and had fun and got sent to prison. Because, hey, man, I'm just having fun. 
This is right now. I want to take advantage of right now while I'm young. Amen. Right now while I got breath. Amen. But sin is only for a season. Listen, lust wants to bear fruit in our life. Amen. Pun intended. Amen. (laughs) From the beginning, we look at Eve. Amen. And the tree of knowledge. Eve's walking along and she sees been eyeing that tree and the devil has caught her looking at it. Amen. Caught her seeing it. Eve lusted after not the tree, not the fruit, but knowledge. Amen. As the devil begins to explain to her and tell her these things of lies to her, in her air in ignorance, she was tempted and seduced. And we know that she fell. And her and her husband fell. It bore fruit in her life. That, listen, we're still paying for today. Think about that fruit that we're still paying for today. Now, that should, that should be scary for a lot of us because there's things you'll give into uh, that if we're not careful, it'll continue to bear fruit after generation, after generation, after generation, amen, if we don't get things right. David, another example, should have been off, as the Bible says, when all the kings go to war. It's a time where kings go to war, amen. He decides to stay home when no one's there, and he's on the top of his house, and he looks down, and he sees Bathsheba, amen, taking a bath. She bathes. I don't know. I don't know why they call her Bathsheba. I was like, why is her name so appropriate for this whole situation, right? It's like, what is going on with this, right? It's all so appropriate. It was, uh, what is, is that a coincidence? Maybe, what's her name? Bathsheba? Yeah, never mind, right? And he opened the door. It opened the door for him, amen, uh, to lust after another man's wife. He ends up getting that man killed. And it's this one thing, amen that God is not pleased with, amen. Matthew 5, 27 says, everyone who looks at a woman for the purpose of lusting after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what is the spirit of lust? It's characteristics. Listen, it thrives on certain things. Three things it thrives on. One, lust thrives on emptiness. Think about that emptiness when you're empty inside. People start saying, I feel lonely. I feel empty. I feel lost. And some, and it's valid. Some people do feel that way going through things in life where they're empty. Amen. But if you have not filled your life with the word of God, filled it with God's people, his spirit, listen, you will be empty. It'll be empty. I've had people come to me over the years and tell me this exact thing. Pastor, I feel empty inside. And I'll ask them, have you been in prayer? Have you been reading scripture? Have you been in God's word? Have you been in fellowship with others? Have you been in church? And I'll ask, I'll ask them these things and listen, I know the answer already. I already know the answer, but I need them to realize it. I need that person to speak it out and say, no, 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 no. That is why 
Many Christians are empty inside. Amen. Because you can't be empty if you're filling your life with something. Listen, we are going to fill our lives with something. Amen. Amen. Some of you are already thinking about lunch. I'm going to fill it with a big old burger, Pastor. Oh, yeah. No, listen. We will fill our lives with something. It's going to be something. We decide. Listen, you're going to decide where you're going to go to lunch today. Not really. It's my wife, Pastor, but, you know, <laughs> just follow her. <laughs> no, no, we all make a choice. See, the things of the world, what happens if you're not feeding yourselves or consuming God and his kingdom and the things of God, then the only other thing we're consuming is what? The world. You're consuming the world. And it's no wonder why people feel all messed up and they're trying to figure life out and they're trying to add all this stuff to them to try to make them feel good and, and take away the pain and take away the hurt and all these things. Uh, and they're consuming uh, the things that only leave them empty at the end of the day. It's like, I still feel horrible. I still feel empty. I still feel wrong. And many times the devil, you know, the devil wants people to think it's the church. You feel empty because of the church. The real truth is, is many people are feeding on the world, contrary to the things of God. Amen. This is why people feel empty and lonely in their life. They go try to look for relationships, amen, to fill their life with another person. And that's not going to solve it either. You're just going to get into another relationship. More than likely, you'll get in a relationship with another empty person. And two empty people don't fill nothing up, amen. <laughs> it's the truth, man. It's like, golly, man, I picked another winner. Why can't I just pick a good one, Lord? <laughs> it's because you're you're empty, and you need to fill yourself with me first, and then you'll be able to see the right person in your life, amen, that's full. Full of God, not full of the other stuff, amen. Number two, lust thrives in pride. And we're on dangerous ground if we ever say, I can handle this, amen. I can handle this. Because pride looks out to the world and says, I want it, right? Like that's that's pride. Pride says, I want it, I gotta get it. That's that's lust. The world calls God's people, the world calls God's people, entices them to come back. You know the world misses us, amen. The devil misses us, amen. Be careful when you, you get saved. You know what? Your homies will call you down the road. Hey, man, where you been? You don't come to parties anymore. You haven't been to grandma's house anymore. What the hell? Oh, that's my cousin. <laughs> oh, you're not the same. Try to entice us. Amen. First John 2, 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Amen. He says, listen, there, and 
pray this every morning. Lord, uh, uh, don't allow the desires of my uh, flesh and the lust of my eyes and the pride of life get in the way between me and you, God, and your purpose for my life. I come against the pride of life, the lust of my own flesh. Amen. Some of you are like, I'd be embarrassed to speak that. No, don't be embarrassed to speak that. Don't be embarrassed to recite this, amen. You're telling the devil, "Uh uh-uh. I come against the pride of life in my life, the lust of my own eyes, the lust of my own flesh, amen. Those evil desires, I give them to you, God, because I'm a part of you, not of this world anymore. The third thing is lust thrives in secrecy. Lust thrives in secrecy. Josh Harris, who used to write a bunch of good Christian books, now he's no longer a Christian. He's seen the light. (laughs) But he said this. It's a book called Sex is Not the Problem. Amen. Lust is. That's the title of the book, okay? He says this, and this is really good. He titles this chapter on accountability, Lone Rangers are Dead Rangers. (laughs) Lone rangers are dead rangers, amen. Lone Christians are dead Christians, amen. I don't need church. I don't need to be at church. I don't need God's people. I can do this all by myself. Um, Or the the idea is that when we're going through something, we keep it to ourselves. Uh, We don't ask someone to help us pray. Uh, So-and-so, hey, John, uh, 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 Whoever, amen. Look, I've been battling this in my life. Uh, I need you to help me pray. I want to come against this. Uh, And so you bring and you reveal it and you bring it to the light, amen. Uh, Because in darkness, it stays in darkness, amen. And when we keep things in secrecy, lust thrives in secrecy. Isolation and secrecy is the worst place for someone who is battling with lust, amen. I need to be around people. Not just any people. See yourself at the beach this week. (laughs) I'm not in isolation, Pastor. No, no, no. I need to be around God's people, amen, this week. Revival tomorrow. Church on Wednesday. Bible study Friday. Why is there so many things going on at church? Why are they always at church? What else are you going to do? Live in secrecy (laughs) and isolation. Listen, come out of secrecy. The only secret place that we should be in is the secret place where God dwells. Amen. Paul says, Galatians 5, 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Does that say you're not going to have desires of the flesh? No. Your flesh, remember, it didn't get saved. It still needs to be crucified with Christ, right? He says, you will have power. You'll be able to walk away and move away from the desires and gratify the desires of your flesh. Your flesh wants to be gratified. See, if we're walking in the Spirit, it's hard to live in secrecy. The Spirit reveals everything and brings things into light. Amen. 
let me close and talk about how to flee because this is our main point. Okay, Pastor, how do I, how do I win this? Amen. I was, I, what do I title this sermon? I was going to, you know, winning over lust, dominating lust. That wasn't right. I wouldn't do that. That was not good. I'm always working on titles, right? Overcoming lust. Amen. But you know what? None of those are true. Paul gives us the key to overcome lust. He says, so flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who can call on the Lord from from a pure heart. Now, it's right there, and I, I just saw it, amen, last week. How does the saint flee? How does he, how does he do this? How does he overcome it? How does he win in this arena? It's right here in the text. It says, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Not by yourself. Along with somebody else. Along with those who call on the Lord. We must turn and flee towards the antithesis of lust. To be victorious over it. Listen, we can't defeat lust. We can't overcome it. You can't go into battle with it. Amen. It's like trying to go up against a grizzly bear. Hey, hey Bob, what are you doing? I'm going to fight this grizzly bear. I'll see you later, man. <laughs> you are crazy. Nah, I think I could do it. Sizing him up. No. Lust is the grizzly bear, amen. We're called to flee, not just to run away, but find others that are doing the same thing. Man, who's fleeing lust? Let me look around. Who's going after this and who's going after that? He says specifically, those who are also seeking those who are calling on God, um, those who have a pure heart. Look for people with a pure heart, amen. Look for people who are calling on righteousness. We have to put ourselves around and with those who have the same mindset to, to overcome this, to flee this, to do away with this, amen, that are going in the other direction of lust, those who are pursuing the things of God, those who want to be in church, those who are around others. See, it would be a good idea to put myself around others who pray, around others who worship God, around others who read the Bible, amen, who have their minds and their hearts set on God, that are pursuing righteousness, that are pursuing faith and living in faith and living in love and living in peace. It says you need to connect yourself with these people, amen, is the only way you're going to overcome lust in your life. It's funny because we have a, the teen shirt from last year. It says, pursue 611, amen. And that's actually 1 Timothy 611. And it says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. So Paul charges Timothy with the same marching orders in the next letter. He's telling him this 
again, pursue these things. Timothy, go after it, Timothy. Chase it down. Seek it. Look for it until you find it and make it yours. It's hard, Pastor. It's hard to serve Jesus. I keep giving in to sin. Listen, it's because you're not connected to other people of God. You're not pursuing it with other people that are pursuing and going in that direction. And you keep staying in the middle. You cannot serve two gods, amen. You cannot put, leave one foot in the world and one foot in church. You're going to either serve lust and temptation in the world, or you're going to go in this direction where everyone else is going in this direction and say, I'm going this way, amen. Tired of being dominated by lust, giving in to my flesh. Link your hearts with someone who's seeking these things. You know why? Because those are the people that keep you accountable. Those, who, who, who are you accountable with? Amen. I believe that when two or more are contending for the same thing, they have a vision. They have a goal. They stir each other up. Uh, they're going in the same direction. Listen, these are people are those people that are fleeing from lust, uh, the lust of the world, the pride of life, amen, the lust of the flesh. Uh, not only have they fled, but now listen what happens when you're fleeing in the other direction, amen. You're putting distance between you and lust, amen. Right? Because if you flee, you ever heard a cop say, man, that, that homie got away. <laughs> you ever see cops? Remember cops that show? I remember one cop, he was like, <sighs> he's like, that brother was gone. He put distance between them. He was like, man, jumping fences. That should be us, man. Not, not running away from cops, but running away from lust. Where it's like, lust be like, hey, where did Corey go? <laughs> Here's the warning. Lust to keep looking for you. Staying far ahead and making it hard for lust to catch up. Listen. This is how you overcome lust. Any other way, we lose, amen. That's how you overcome it. Want to overcome it this morning? This is the way you do it. Read that one more time. Flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Along, not by yourself. Let's bow our heads this morning.